Hi, I'm Michael Cashew. And I'm Adi Cashew, and you're listening to The WAG Podcast. This podcast is about health, wellness, and personal development. Each episode is a short conversation between Adi and I on a single topic with actionable steps. We cover everything from food, mindset, fitness, and relationships. We started WAG because of the way health and fitness changed our lives, so we hope to share a tool or two that helps you along your way. What's up, Adi? Hey, babe. <laughs> Guys, today we're going to talk about getting pregnant. Um, if you don't already know, we just posted about this on social media, so it's official. We're having a baby. Yeah, we're having a baby. I am 16 weeks pregnant tomorrow. And any, either any minute now, hopefully any minute now, but for sh- at the very least, any day now, we're going to find out the gender, and we're fucking so excited. Yeah, so excited. I feel like that's going to be the moment where things for us become way more real and we can start imagining what life is going to be like. We only have girl names, so if it's a boy, we, we can one go boy one boy name. We can go to the to the brainstorming board and start getting a couple more boy names just to toss around. But yeah, I'm so excited to find out if we're having a boy or a girl. So we've been getting a ton of questions already mm-hmm. from people close to us that are just really interested in how we approached getting pregnant and how we're thinking about pregnancy and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to do a whole episode on sort of the, the whole year leading up to us finding out that we got pregnant because we were, as you might imagine, if you know us at all, you know that we were pretty intentional about this. We planned it as much as one could. Yeah, as much as you can plan something that is impossible to plan. But a lot of people, even when we did share on social media, laughed about how they knew this was coming because for the past year... Michael's been really interviewing a lot of people about parenting and about this topic in general on the Brute podcast. We've been talking about these types of topics on this podcast. So I think it was not so subtle that we were in preparation mode for this moment. Yep. So before we get into that, guys, uh, as always, thank you if you have taken the time to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. If you haven't done so, we would really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Head over to iTunes, leave us a quick review, let us know how we're doing. If you have any feedback for us, give us some some good feedback. Thank you for doing that. Also, if you would like one of your questions answered on the show, you can go to workingagainstgravity.com. Go to forward slash, grab, yeah, forward slash podcast, mm-hmm. go down to the start recording button and leave us a nice concise message with your name, where you're from, and the message. It can be anything pertaining to nutrition, fitness, personal development, relationships, anything you want our opinion on, leave a question there and we will answer it here on the show. Yeah, definitely. So let's get into this. So let's talk about how we... like. Let's go back about a year. What -hmm. were the first things that we started to do as we were preparing for and talking about starting a family? The first thing that we started to do. So outside of really having conversations about it and what's the right time, I think we went back and forth a bunch. You were pushing for a little bit later. Yeah, I could be cool with like five years from now. (laughs) I think I started this conversation the year we got married. So this was in 2016, not just a year before we got pregnant, but in 2016, I was basically 
already pushing like when is this when do you think that we, this might happen we're both pretty certain that we were we we definitely wanted to have a family i mean mm-hmm. i'm definitely one of those people who grew up dreaming about being a mom same here and i grew up not yeah. about being a mom but being a dad yeah you grew up dreaming about being a dad i know that there's a lot of people out there mom. there's a lot of people out there that are on the fence about the idea in general so i think we were already certain about that this is something that we wanted to embark on mm-hmm. and it was just about timing. And really you just chipped away at me. I did. You know, I, I had <laughs> some pretty strong resolve. I wanted to wait and you just very gracefully and expertly <laughs> chipped away Slowly, at that resolve. Just for three years, you know? And, and so about a year, year and a half ago, mm-hmm. we got pretty clear that, okay, we're, we're going to be ready like really soon, uh, possibly in the next year. And I think something that tipped the scale in the favor of that was that you had uh, left Brute and you came over to working against gravity full time and helping me at work here gave me a lot of safety and security around being able to make this happen and being able to transition gracefully into motherhood and going through the postpartum phase of how we're going to manage work at the same time. So it just, it kind of reached a place where all of that was really comfortable. You were well in, in that space and we're pretty solid here in Austin. Mm-hmm. We have built a community of friends. And I think that all of that combined started making it feel like it was the right time for us. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I also got this feeling of like what was holding me back was wanting to A, achieve more and B, wanting to have more stability. And what I realized is that both of those are probably like just bottomless pits. Mm-hmm. Like I could just continue... It doesn't matter how much money we have. It doesn't matter how much I've achieved. I'm just going to continue to want to have more stability and to to achieve more into perpetuity. Like I could just Mm -hmm. continue to do that forever. And so I realized that there there were no good excuses to wait anymore. (laughs) You had some really good conversations also with people that you trust and respect that did tell you that having kids helped them be more focused and more efficient and more successful. So I think that was helpful for you to get that perspective of it doesn't necessarily mean your personal achievement ends when you get pregnant. I think this is a societal thing or maybe just from the areas of content that I'm consuming, the messages a little bit of life ends once you have kids or everything is about, you know, your second and kids are first where I think people that we love and respect and get to see the way that they parent, they don't necessarily ascribe to that belief. They, of course, their kids are incredibly important to them, a huge part of their is life. Is ascribe? You say that a lot. I'm wondering if it's ascribe. I don't know. Subscribe. I think it's subscribe. subscribe? Okay. Let's say <laughs> subscribe. They don't subscribe to that belief and they don't, they, it could be a scribe. I don't know. Whatever. Michael, <laughs> he has to point it out. Um, I will say subscribe from now on. <laughs> they still achieve in their personal lives, if not achieve more than they did before. And that just gave us a different perspective on what life could be after kids. Yeah. And all of the things that we did in preparation, we kind of, like we didn't have to do. And most people don't do. Most people decide, well, there are a large number of people that have unplanned pregnancies. And then there are, there's a much larger group, probably the the vast majority of people decide that they're ready to have kids. But And they just start having unprotected sex. And for a lot of people Mm -hmm. that works and a lot of people it doesn't, we just decided that if we, 
Like once we decided, okay, we are ready to be parents, we just want to control all of the things that we can control. There's Mm -hmm. a huge percentage of things in getting pregnant that are completely outside of your control. Your fertility, my fertility, just so many things that are outside of our control, our fertility together. Even when you do everything right, it's still chance. Exactly. we, a year before actually getting pregnant, I decided I was going to get off of birth control. And that is one decision that a lot of people make right when they decide to start trying. So they start trying and then they stop taking birth control where I wanted to get that out of my system. And as I was starting to research how long it takes- What, what out of your system? The what? birth control pill. Okay. Once I started Do you to, want to talk about the other reasons you got off? I like was- just for I overall j- health? I just- as I started learning more and more about the process, your menstrual cycle, having a natural menstrual cycle without the without hormonal birth, birth control in your system, I started realizing that I was misinformed for a lot of my life. I didn't fully understand that, you know, I was still bleeding every month while I was taking the birth control pill and I didn't fully understand that that was not a what you would call period. It's what a lot of people call a pill bleed, which means that the hormones are not going through the same cycle that they would go through if you weren't on hormonal birth control. And I had doctors that told me, you know, this regulates your cycle and this helps with all these different things when I didn't know there were options out there for me to prevent pregnancy outside of birth control and condoms. Mm -hmm. So you know, maybe TMI, but I didn't want to use condoms with you. So I knew... Lucky me. <laughs> Stop. So understanding that there were other options out there to prevent pregnancy very accurately, it was mind-blowing to me. And then when you're diving in deeper, you realize it's actually not that easy to get pregnant. Even if you do everything perfectly, we have sex on the exact right day that you're supposed to have sex it's still only a 30% chance that it's e- the sperm is even going to fertilize the egg. And if that is... Everything perfectly, it's only 30%. Yeah, it's... And everything perfectly and both of you are healthy. And so usually that means it's going to take perfectly healthy people one to three months. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And also there's only four or five days in a month that you can even get pregnant. So there's this... chance, then there's only four or five days, and then you actually don't even know you're pregnant for just over two weeks Mm -hmm. after you've tried. Then you have to wait another two weeks to try again. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty... It's a pretty long process with a lot of moving parts. So it was really helpful for me. I'm a planner. There are two different kinds of people, I think. The kinds of people that data leads to overwhelm. And for me, data... I'm in the other camp where data actually calms me down understanding as much as possible, knowing what I can control, knowing what's actually happening helps reduce my stress so that I'm doing everything that I can. And if things don't work out, then I at least know I've done all I can. And now I need to go to a specialist to figure this out. So what we're talking about today is not, not if you have a deeper infertility issue, if you have some type of something more serious going on, this is not a solution to those problems. This is more so things you can do before going to a specialist, more so things you can do to educate yourself and feel prepared, as well as if these things don't work, then it might point towards, okay, maybe now I can go to a specialist sooner than I would have if I didn't do any of these things. Yeah, it gives you an opportunity to potentially 
figure out if you need intervention sooner. We also don't believe you should feel any form of guilt or shame if you don't want to do any of these. If you just want to have unprotected sex to try to get pregnant, that is perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. We just both, I think, I think you were the biggest driver of this, like just wanting and even needing to know what was going on Mm -hmm. and knowing that you were doing everything you could to expedite the process. And it worked for us. It might not work for everyone. Yeah. Definitely. And I think it's just really nice to know for women out there who like to plan and like to know what options are out there. And I totally wish I would have had all of this information neatly concise in a Mm. 20 to 30 minute podcast that I didn't have to do all of this research Mm -hmm. by myself. So we're compiling that for you guys. Let's talk about the first thing that we did even before logistical, tactical pregnancy type stuff. Yeah. So a lot of people just gave us feedback of do all of the, all of the things, use your freedom as much as you can now before you have kids. Mm -hmm. And they weren't, again, like our friends aren't really doom and gloom. Like your, your, your personal life is over when you have kids, but they are realistic in that it drastically changes. And so they suggested which we took, that we create a list of things that we want to do before we have kids. So yeah. on that list were we wanted to spend an extended period of time living abroad. And so we lived in Europe last year for two months. Also wanted, wanted to, go, to on, go to New Zealand, yeah, which on we a just did. Trip. On, a back, on a long backpacking trip, which yeah. we just did. Mm-hmm. What else? We wanted to... I think those were the two major things. I wanted to take my dad and my grandpa to Ireland, which oh, is yeah. on the schedule. I'm yeah. doing that in May. We wanted to have a couple more really big parties at our house, which we, we did. did <laughs> we had a couple parties with all of our friends at our house, uh, staying up till really late in the night. So we're sleeping a lot right now. Yeah. We're like really banking <laughs> up the sleep, knowing that that's probably going to be a really big challenge. Yeah. We also really wanted to solidify our community in Austin. So we've been spending a lot of time over the past year really getting to know people and deepening our relationships and that kind of thing. So we, I really truly feel, and then on top of that, of course, we want to feel stable at work financially and at least like we are in a good place to reduce any stress around that area of our life, which Mm. a lot of that is outside of our control, but as much as we possibly can so that when the baby gets here, that we're not going to look back and think what if we should have, no I regrets. wish I did. No, no regrets. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, make a list. Next, once we decided, you know, like we're we're getting really close to being ready for this, we both got tested. Um, and again, this is something that many people wait until, you know, they've been trying for six months and then they go in to see or someone. a year. I think a common thing is try for a year oh, and okay. get tested. So we just were very proactive and we both got fertility tests. So I used a company called Modern Fertility that is specifically designed to help women plan ahead. That's what their whole mission is. I want to help, they want to help women plan ahead so that they can understand their own fertility to be able to do some family planning ahead of time. So perfect for somebody like me. Um, You really just put a drop of blood on this little piece of paper and you, you mail it into them and you do it at a specific time in your natural cycle so that they can tell you what hormone levels are coming up in your blood and what that means. And then you get on a phone call with somebody who goes over the results with you, which was really amazing. We both also work with a functional medicine doctor and we did full workups on um, hormones and gut and... Poop. 
Yeah, all sorts of, yeah, exactly. All the full body workup on if there was anything glaring that we should be concerned about. And um, you went to a fertility doctor. Yep. And I got tested as well. And all of my stuff came back normal except for one marker, which is called forward progression. Mm -hmm. So I forget exactly what that means, but maybe your sperm's ability to move forward in the uterus, something like that. I might be butchering that, but it's like there, there are a few different metrics that they look at in your sperm. One of them, one of mine was below average. So he said to me, the doctor that I met with said that um, I could get end up getting pregnant really quickly, or it could end up taking me a while. It could it could end up just taking me a little bit longer. That was his general idea. So his suggestions to me were that I really limit any substance use, so smoking weed or drinking, like tobacco use or nicotine. Uh, he said he also recommended this lube that we'll talk about that helps with forward progression. That is specific. It's the I think it's the only one. No, there's a couple. There's a there's couple, a couple brands. that are good. So there's a couple yeah. brands, and we'll talk a little bit more about this lube because it's not just for forward progression of sperm. It's also for women who, when they ovulate, don't produce a lot of cervical fluid, which is actually the unsung hero in fertility. Is that not to be gross, but we're talking about getting pregnant here, the mucus that comes out around ovulation, and usually women will see that in their underwear, um, the most ideal is if it kind of looks like egg whites. Mm. And mm, mm, mm. <laughs> so for there's some women out there that are ovulating, but they're not producing that mucus. And that mucus is kind of like what that lube does, which helps actually get the sperm to where it needs to go. So my, I didn't talk about, I got results as well. And when I got my hormone results back, I actually had some thyroid. Well, I've actually had a little bit of an underactive thyroid. I've known this for a really long time. Every time I've gotten tested, I've just been a little bit, um, my TSH levels have been a little bit high. Everything else has been completely normal, like free T3 and T4 for anyone who knows um, anything about that. And I I don't, I'm asymptomatic and uh, it's not, it's, just slightly above normal ranges. But again, kind of like what your doctor told you, they said this might make it more difficult for me to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was something that we wanted to consider potentially medicating beforehand, but also definitely medicating throughout pregnancy because your thyroid is doing the work for the thyroid of the baby, at least for the first trimester. So it's really important to have TSH levels within normal range. Mm -hmm. And just a note on getting, like doing proactive testing. When I got those results, I was definitely, I was surprised because I think of myself as an extremely healthy person. Um, Not, I don't, I don't know of any people in my close family that have had a hard time. Well, no, that's not true. Some people have had a hard time, but it was really surprising for me nonetheless. And I was kind of, I was kind of scared, maybe a little ashamed which are negative emotions. And it was, it was kind of challenging for me for a couple of days, but mm-hmm. I talked to you about it. I talked to a couple of friends. I felt really supported and I still felt like, you know, I was doing everything that I could. And so I felt like it was a really positive experience overall mm-hmm. that I was really taking um, my side of the, the pregnancy as seriously as I could. And so I would really recommend it to anyone that's considering getting pregnant. Yeah. And there's some people that that information, the negative emotions would be really, really difficult to deal with. And I feel like for us, knowing allowed us to prepare. So we wouldn't have known about the loop if you didn't go, or we wouldn't have necessarily, 
you know, maybe we would have had a difficult time and we would have just been like, oh my gosh, thinking the worst. But getting this ahead of time, we knew that there wasn't anything massively glaringly wrong. And I have also people in my family that have PCOS and have had a difficult time getting pregnant. So I also had that in the back of my mind of, you know, maybe that's something for me as well. And I see myself as also being really healthy. So just knowing what could come up for me gave me peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Along with, of course, some negative things like, oh, geez, this could be an issue. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to September of last year, and we started talking about like the exact dates that we wanted <laughs> to start trying. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about how you knew those exact dates? Oh, you mean like the days of the week. Mm-hmm. So he's, he means the the when we're actually going to have sex to try and fertilize an egg. So for the past, so a year before and we- that's a really good like seduction line. Hey, yeah. baby, I'm thinking about fertilizing an egg right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of, there. it's funny too. I mean, we could talk about how having sex to get pregnant definitely changes the dynamic of sex in that moment. It becomes like a little more transactional. It can. It can. I mean, it did a little bit for us <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a little less intimate and romantic and erotic. I'm sure it's not like that for everybody. That definitely was a little bit of our experience. Led to some giggles and some awkwardness. <laughs> We've gotten over it mm-hmm. since then. So a year before we started to try, like we knew we were we were okay with having unprotected sex at times that I would be fertile. I started using this thing called the Daisy Tracker, and it's D A Y S Y, and this is a little, I don't know, looks like a teardrop kind of, a teardrop shaped thermometer that you take your temperature every single morning before you get out of bed. It's really important that it's before you get out of bed and it's getting your basal body temperature. You can't be using any um, uh, cooling blankets or heating blankets that would change your body temperature. It's just your regular basal body temperature in the morning. You do this every single morning and essentially it's looking for trends over the month of what's happening in your hormones. So in the first phase of your menstrual cycle, your temperature is going to be low. Then you're going to ovulate. Your temperature is going to spike. It's going to stay high until you get your period. And then it's going to go back down again. And that's the cycle that should be happening every single month. Um, If your temperature is up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, then there, it could be an indication that you might actually not be ovulating as, as well as not getting your period. I didn't even know that you could be getting your period and not be ovulating at the same time. I did, um, I think it was 16 months in the daisy before we actually started to try and get pregnant. Because it also tells you the days that you can't get pregnant. And so Mm. it's great birth control. So we use this to prevent pregnancy. So the way the daisy works is when I take my basal body temperature in the morning, it's going to flash one of three colored lights, red, green, or yellow. For the first month, it's always going to be yellow because it's learning your cycle and how your body works. And then red means that you are fertile. Red means like stop, don't go. Green means go. You are not fertile and you are free to have unprotected sex. Those are good days. And then yellow is use caution, meaning that Daisy's not sure. And so you just probably shouldn't. You probably shouldn't. There's there, yeah, you You're probably shouldn't. So if you use daily Daisy Daisy's going to be conservative. So if you use Daisy correctly, then you will have probably up to 
two and a half to three weeks potentially of green days where it's, you are not fertile and it knows very clearly that you, which days that you are fertile. It is over, I think it's over 97% accurate when used correctly. Same thing with condoms. I mean, you can get pregnant using condoms if you don't use them correctly or if you put them in a place where you're not supposed to, that type of thing. So you use Daisy correctly. Hmm. It's over 97% accurate. I think it's more than that, but whatever. And that's what we did. So I used it every single morning without fail and uh, it helped us prevent pregnancy. But then at the same time, it's also predicting when I'm going to ovulate based on the time that it's understanding my cycle. So I knew once we were ready to actually start gonna, we're gonna, it's the moment we're gonna have sex and make a baby. Uh, I knew when to take ovulation testing strips, which are things that you can just buy off Amazon where you pee on this strip and it tells you if you have this hormone called luteinizing hormone, LH hormone in your urine that indicates that you're probably ovulating. So I knew I wasn't going to take them every single day for an entire month. It's expensive. They're not super cheap to get these strips, but Daisy can't confirm ovulation until it's already happened. Your temperature's already spiked, but it can tell you when it is probably coming up. So it gave me an indication of when to start using these strips. And that day came where it was, the strip said, you're fertile this day. So that's when we started having sex. <laughs> so we had planned on like November 1st being the first day that we would mm-hmm. like, quote unquote, try. Which I brought you down from January somehow. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, you brought me down from years from now. Yeah. <laughs> and on October 1st, she rolls over to me and we're in the, in this Airbnb and she says, we could get pregnant today. You want to try? Well, because I was testing the ovulation strips the month before to try and see if they actually do their job correctly. I was like, oh, okay. I'm, I, I'm a really big planner, everybody. So the month before November, I'm like, let's just see if these ovulation strips actually do work. And that day I was ovulating. So I'm like, hey. So we had sex, and the next morning she rolls over again and says, "We should keep trying." And I was like, "No, I don't want to like <laughs> full on try this month." So then we kind of sat and wait, waited for two or three weeks, and we kept waiting, kept waiting. Adi did like thirteen pregnancy tests, and we we weren't pregnant that month. Mm-hmm. And then November came around, and then we know the exact days that she was fertile. And so we had sex every single day that she was fertile Mm -hmm. and then realized that we misused the lube. Yeah. That was actually funny when, so this lube, the one we used is called pre-seed. Regular lubricants can inhibit the movement of sperm. So if you want to get pregnant, don't use just any lubricant when you're having sex. This one is the one that's going to help the sperm get to where it needs to go. And it comes with this like applicator in the box, which for guys that don't know, an applicator is like a tampon applicator. It's like to get the tampon inside. It's like you don't actually keep the applicator in there, but it helps you get it in there without putting I thought, fingers up there. I, I'll get a little graphic here. <laughs> I thought it was like you put the lube in the applicator like you take it out of the tube, then put it in the applicator, then put it on the penis. No, that's like, not that doesn't it. Make yeah. Any sense. So we just threw it straight <laughs> up in the garbage. And then I thought about it for a second and I'm like, oh no, the applicator is for you to get it inside the, the lube, inside the vagina. But we totally didn't use it that way. We used it the way that you would use normal lube. Yeah. Yeah. It worked pretty well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we are 
we knew the exact day we had these pregnancy tests that we knew the exact day, like the earliest day that it would tell us if we were pregnant or yeah, not. The day before my missed period. And we decided that we wanted to look at it together rather than the typical like I look at woman it and finds out and surprises you. the mm-hmm. the man. And so it's one of these electronic ones that either says pregnant or not pregnant and she pees on it. And then we're just staring at it in the bathroom. And it takes like three full minutes. Yes, the clear blue digital, it takes actually three minutes to load. And I'm like a little nervous, but I'm not I'm not really fully nervous because I don't I'm like, this is too soon. It's not gonna happen this month, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna my you know, my thing came back not I like not optimal. It's just gonna take us a little bit longer. And the three minutes comes and it just pops up pregnant. And Michael's reaction is Oh shit! <laughs> over and over and over again. I was again. so shocked. <laughs> I think both of us were definitely super shocked, and also incredibly, incredibly grateful. Just because we don't, I think that what all the work and planning and research that we did definitely helped us. But of course, this is not something that you can plan for. And there are people that I know personally, that you know personally, that have unexplained infertility. So they do mm-hmm. all these things. They've taken all the tests. They their hormones are in ranges that should be allowing them to get pregnant. And for some reason, it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. So we're incredibly grateful that it happened this way. And mm-hmm, hopefully sure. that this information can help people at least do a couple of the first steps on their own before having to look a little bit deeper. Another big factor is that like way before and you kind of started this whole thing off with this way before we actually got pregnant, you started to work on your stress levels. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the biggest reasons that I moved over to work full time with you in the first place is to take some of the responsibility and to help you prepare for being a mom. And someone someone gave me this really like throughout this really interesting idea a while back, like what would it be like if as a country we had a we had the option for like pre-pregnancy maternity leave so that women could reduce their stress levels ideally to help them get pregnant faster. Anyway, I have no there's I don't know if there's any good science on that helps people get pregnant faster, but it seems to make sense. You took that on in a really big way and have continued to really manage your stress levels because a lot of the people and the experts that we talked to have put a really big importance on your hormonal and emotional environment being really important for the baby. And I've just seen you make enormous strides in the way that you regulate yourself and your ability to say no to things that stress you out. Yeah. I've been really, really trying. There is in pregnancy and conception, there is so much that you could be stressed about. I mean, Having high TSH levels, what does that mean for the baby? Are you going to get pregnant? If it doesn't happen now, is it ever going to happen? Is the issues with you something that we should be really concerned about? Okay, now I'm actually pregnant. Am I going to miscarry? Okay, we're waiting for that 12-week mark. There's, I can, The list is endless of things that you can stress about. And someone, I think the trigger for me, the last thing that I remember somebody saying to me that made me be like, okay, I really need to control my internal and external environments in terms of stress and my hormones uh, was when someone told me that that the baby is essentially swimming in hormone soup and I'm in control of what that environment mm-hmm. is like. Mm-hmm. 
And that really painted this picture for me of, whoa, that's something I am completely in control of. And I've been preparing since I met you for the past basically six years, five years, five years, five years, since for five years to be able to do this. That's Mm -hmm. what all the work that we've been doing over the five years has been helping me prepare for this. What have been your favorite books or other resources? So without a doubt, my number one favorite book for any women who are trying to get pregnant is going to be Taking Charge of Your Fertility. It is massive. You're going to get it and it's it's legitimately like an actual textbook, a thick textbook. Don't let that overwhelm you. It's an easy read. It's not written in textbook kind of way. It's actually written very conversationally. The author is super, just the way she writes is great. So I would encourage you to still give it a chance and also get the physical book. Don't do this audio because the one opportunity that you have when you get the physical book is you can skip through sections of this huge textbook that just don't apply to you. Mm -hmm. So there are certain pieces of the book that just talk about various imbalances or issues that I don't personally deal with that I could just skip that entire section and move to the next. So Uh, I would highly encourage people to get the book Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And then when I got off of birth control, um, the way I learned about the DAISY and understood about uh, fertility awareness method to prevent pregnancy not being on hormonal birth control was the Period Repair Manual. Also a really great book. Mm -hmm. And I read no books leading up to getting pregnant, and I'm totally cool with that. But what I did do was I interviewed either literally on my podcast or just interviewing people in my like fringe my, my, my community my circle about fatherhood um, I talked to people who I, I don't think I talked to anyone I just I'm not surrounded by people that have kids that you know hate it uh, but I talked to people that are like you know re- it's a really big challenge and and they're experiencing a lot of obstacles as being a father. I also talked to a lot of fathers and parents in general that are just absolutely stoked about it and love it. And what I really wanted to find were people that had similar values, similar lifestyle, similar goals to us that also had kids. And I wanted to understand how did they decide when they were ready? How did they prepare for it? Are there any mistakes that they made? All of that kind of stuff. And that really helped me. I think that's another big reason that we moved our timeline up so much because I felt like I had found enough people that I really admire who have similar values to me that really love being a parent. And that's what I needed to hear. I needed to I needed to see more models of that. I also think one thing that you learned that is can be incredibly helpful for people in relationships because this can be a super stressful time for people and you can use this as an opportunity and it and for a lot of people it makes sex a little bit transactional which is your opportunity to connect with each other so it changes that thing you use to connect with each other one thing that you did a lot on was asking and researching about how to support me in this journey because a lot of times I feel like fertility just gets put on the woman you figure this out. It's your cycle. You need to know the day. And there's not a lot for you to do. So you did a lot of work on how can you be supportive of me? How can our relationship stay connected? And how can this experience bring us closer together versus creating any type of disconnection between us? Yep. 
And again, if you approach getting pregnant this way, I think what it can do for you is just increase your sense of confidence. It can give you peace of mind that you are at least controlling everything that you can control. What you have to also do is know that you could be doing everything correctly. The two of you can be perfectly healthy and it can still not go well. Mm -hmm. Um, There can still be unforeseen risks or things that keep you from getting pregnant either quickly or at all. And those things are oftentimes out of your control. Mm -hmm. So I hope this was really helpful. And for anyone who is trying to get pregnant or is currently pregnant or postpartum, uh, we also do offer nutritional support and behavior and habit support around food, nutrition, and fitness at Working Against Gravity. So I'm part of that program now. I'm super excited to be part of that program. And just it's a really cool community of women who are being intentional about the things that they're eating as well as the way that they're approaching fitness, health, and wellness throughout pregnancy and postpartum. So we are available to support you if that's uh, something that you feel like you need. And we're also a big proponent, even if you're not trying to get pregnant, practice makes perfect. Get out there and practice. Yes, definitely. Thanks for joining us. Stay in touch by signing up for our newsletter at workingagainstgravity.com or on Instagram at workingagainstgravity. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, and refer a friend. We'll be back next week with another episode. Talk to you then.